afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of First and 16, the League Year 10 pod. I'm your host, Chris Ferreira, and we have an awesome Week 10 recap, Week 11 preview show in store for you. Um, I'm joined by my co-host, Shane McKinney, who's with me as always. Shane, how are you doing today? I'm swell, good sir, and I'm ready to jump into it. Jump. We're going to dive right into it. Both of us are drinking coffee and energy drinks kind of respectively right now we're uh recording this thursday afternoon late afternoon so in about an hour the arizona cardinals and seattle seahawks will be kicking off for their rematch of what was already an awesome game earlier in the season i believe that was the dk metcalf game where he hawked uh buddha baker so we're gonna yes. get we're gonna get a rematch of that showdown mm-hmm. i'm heavily invested i have uh russ in this game do you, you have anybody in this game Oh man, uh, I have a few. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I'm. I have Carlos Hyde. Uh, hopefully, getting me 15 plus touches tonight, and he's gonna fucking start for once. Jesus yep. Christ! <laughs> he'll finally be healthy while Carson is not. That was the whole point in drafting him, and I've had him forever. So maybe he'll do me some good. And uh, still contemplating if I'm gonna stream David Moore or Snead tonight. Nice. Um, but I kind of picked up Sneed as a spite to Gabe since he has Lamar. There you go. And I'm like, oh, well, I, I might need someone. I think Tim Patrick was questionable a couple of days ago. Um, and I think, not that I pay too close attention to my kickers, but um, yeah, I also picked up Gonzalez to kick for me tonight. Nice. So three people tonight. This is way more than I've had at any point this season. So this is a big, important game for Thursday night and a big, important week because we are entering, everybody, week 11 of the fantasy season, which is the final week of league play. So this is your last crack at all of these uh, other divisions before we dive back into the most important weeks of the season, the final three weeks of division play. Um, we will do more of a preview or I guess a recap of what league play was next week after we finally get these results of this final week. But um, mm-hmm. it has been stressful and awesome and all of the above other types of adjectives that you can think of. Uh, I know highs and lows for lots of teams, but uh, it's been a great fantasy season and I'm excited to get back into division play. My, my division Jurassic Park just sent a group chat today and they're like, today is the last, or this week is the last week we can be all friends because we're officially enemies again <laughs> next week. Um, That's right. Yeah. So let's uh, recap a little though of week 10, which what happened last week. So I wanted to start this off um, before we dive into some league news, uh, talk about some things that happened on the weekend. First one was uh, the big, eh, not really big news. I guess the big news was the Cardinal game, but for the Buccaneers, uh, they started off really slow in this game. Uh, they got a five hour travel delay before they played Carolina. They were stuck on the tarmac in Florida for five hours. Didn't get into the hotel Why? midnight of that game. I don't know if it was uh, mechanical issues with the airplane or whatnot, because you know, it's not, I feel like it's not that far from Florida to North Carolina, um, but they were stuck on the plane. They, they were supposed to leave at 2 PM. Didn't arrive in Charlotte till almost midnight. And then they had to play that game the next morning at 10 a.m. And if you were watching that game, the Buccaneers looked like absolute shit in the first half. They were so bad. And I think a lot of it was because of that sluggish play. But after uh, fixing things at halftime, second half, the Buccaneers totally dominated the game. Tom Brady had a huge game, which we're going to talk about at the end when we get towards MVP and stuff. But 
Tom Brady officially became the all-time fantasy scoring points leader in fantasy football history, going by PPR standards. He officially passed Jerry Rice on the all-time fantasy list. So um, thoughts on that, Shane? I just wanted to give a shout-out to Tom and Alex for drafting him. But My man! To to Chris's dad, Tom Brady. Yes. The all-time <laughs> leading scorer in fantasy history. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you play for 20 years and at a championship level for 20 years, and I mean, yeah, you're going to rack up a lot of points. I know Drew Brees is, like, right behind him, though. Mm-hmm. Although, all things considered, um, he'll probably pull away. <laughs> yeah. Breeze was right there with him in a lot of stats, touchdowns, completions, and all that. And then I think now – when we'll talk about Drew Brees' injury, but yeah. Tom's going to probably start running away with that if uh, but, he stays healthy. Um, I'm happy to see him do it in the climate of the way the team is right now. Um, I have newly found investment in Mike Evans, who was targeted 13 times in that game. And I know that they're playing the Rams this upcoming week, who have had a knack for shutting down big receivers. But when you have three, uh, I don't know how many people can Jalen Ramsey cover, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm hoping Mike Evans gets ignored for one-third of the game. Yep. And I know that Brady – sometimes has a tendency like every few drives it'll just be like i'm gonna key in on this guy he's gonna get like two carries and an end around or he'll get an end around and then i don't know an option and then i'll throw to him three times and he just sometimes focuses so you get a couple drives out of that could mean huge fantasy value right away and i need it this week yeah this week (laughs) is big one for you um i know brandon brandon is very excited with what happened in the buccaneers game uh ronald jones fumbling early which normally is a death note if you're yeah. a running back for a Buccaneer and uh somehow Arians let him let him keep playing which is I guess what you're supposed to do when you're a coach when your players struggle let him go through it and he rips off a 98 yard touchdown um we'll talk about Brandon's fantasy matchup though a little later because uh, it didn't go the way he had planned this was a really uh, fun week for a lot of matchups that flipped last minute um so that was the Buccaneers news I want to talk about the other big the big news that changed a lot of matchups this week was Hale Murray, Kyler, the creator, to D-hop to end what was probably the most exciting football game of the weekend, Bills and Cardinals. And again, I know we've talked about Kyler Murray a lot on this pod over the last, you know, 10 episodes, but rightfully deserved so. He is still on pace, which we talked about a, a week or two ago, that Lamar Jackson pace from last year. He is surpassing it at the moment so uh what were your thoughts i think yeah what were your thoughts on uh that i know it had some really big implications with your matchup oh yeah um because 30 seconds before that i had taken what was probably what 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 was going to be my final lead of the matchup um when josh allen threw what i thought was the game-winning touchdown to stefan diggs Mm -hmm. i jumped out of my seat (laughs) and then i my hopes were quickly doused when (laughs) Uh, he threw it to, of course, D-Hop, yeah. who deservedly so is one of the best receivers in the game and who makes it apparent all the time. Made one of the best, like, Hail Mary catches that I've ever seen when you have three guys draped on you and he catches play the that. season? Yeah, I think it's the – I think it is. I mean, before – I don't know, what what was the play – probably the play of the season before was probably that DK track down, but now yeah. the, the, hot, the Cardinals were able to flip it this time. And uh, that's a play that could decide – who's going to win not only the NFC West, but who wins the NFC because that game flipped the Seahawks, the Seahawks win their game, which they lost to the Rams. They were sitting with a two game cushion in the NFC West. 
they lose and the Cardinals win on that Hail Mary, which ties everything up now at six and three in that crazy division. So the Cardinals now all of a sudden, I think, are sitting in like the two or one seed and they would have been in the sixth seed with that. So, yeah, it could flip the entire uh, implications of the uh, NFC playoffs. And again, it had implications not only for real football, for your fantasy team. I, I read that a lot of matchups were flipped because of that play. Um, another play that caused the flipping too was the Nick Chubb touchdown not to be run that costed a lot of fantasy managers their matchups um in fantasy these are the two last minute touchdowns that flipped a lot of stuff so you were what uh, before that you were i think i did the math you maybe were up by like a point or something over over marcus before that hail mary something like that yeah in the range maybe less than mm-hmm. uh, but <laughs> that game was uh that buccaneers game was so frustrating mike evans got like tackled on the one foot line and then mm-hmm. he um he converted he had the converting reception on that fourth and down that him and Tom Brady hooked up on and he barely got tripped up yeah. <laughs> at like the 11 yard line with nothing but grass in front of him. Um, huge implications there. And uh, so far Jacoby Myers, even though he's been heavily targeted is was weird. He's like good, but in, as a, in a mixed bag sort of way, I mean, he threw a touchdown this week, but had a gang of receptions the week before. Um, you never know what you're going to get from him. So I'm like, okay, well, if I can go up, you know, if either of these counted, I felt like it would have been a better ball game. But, uh, Polaris, you put it on me, man. What can yeah. I say? It was, I feel like it was, it was time for you to finally get an L. <laughs> it was time, right? As much as I wanted you to win because Marcus is in my division, it was time for you to, you know, taste I feel like, <laughs> I feel like there's some resentment in that statement <laughs> well i was rooting for you hardcore because i wanted uh, marcus to lose is in my division but oh, uh, true. No, true it was also a little bittersweet because you yeah. beat me so i got to see you lose that one <laughs> um <laughs> we'll talk more league news here in a minute uh, let's finish up the thing let's talk about your broncos real quick uh the raiders oh, run rough shot do we have to <laughs> we'll talk about it real quick what the All hell right. is wrong with the denver broncos aside from Drew Locke throwing it to everybody in a different color jersey. And I know it was probably very disheartening to see an ex-Bronco in Devontae Booker go for 100-plus on you guys as well as Josh Jacobs. All I can say is that uh, much like your Niners, uh, this is the most injured players in franchise history to our starters uh, by landslide. We're barely past the midway point. And so we have a lot of guys with either minimal experience or learning on the fly, mm-hmm. the young guys, rookies, having to make an impact right away in a super competitive division. I mean, the Raiders are dark horse this year, and the Chiefs look like they could take it again. And the Chargers just drafted probably a multi-Pro Bowl year quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. So, And Locke is supposed to carry his weight on that end, and there's been so many inconsistencies with health and, um, and even coaching staff and all that. And I don't know. It's it's not good. We're in the basement right now. And we Banjo to... heard you talking about the Broncos and he started crying. He started... <laughs> so if you heard a dog As whining, <laughs> if you heard a dog whining, it's because Banjo is upset that the Broncos are having a bad season right now. Oh, huh, Banjo. Although I'm like so heavily conflicted, like you said, Booker. I mean, I was sad to see him go. Um, <laughs> I thought he was going to get buried in the depth chart and all of a sudden he showed like he's one of the most important cubs in the league. And 
he was one of my first picks in my only other league. So I'm super conflicted about it because he mm-hmm. won my matchup last week. Yeah. And he was a, he was a great start by, uh, by Gabe. Who, oh my God. I know who would have thought he, 86 on the ground and two scores. I think. Yeah. I would not have had the, uh, I mean, maybe this was his Raider fandom coming in that he wanted to roll with a Raider, but it really paid out. Cause I don't know if I would have, mm-hmm. uh, been able to do that but hats off to you gabe wanted to give you some love this week for that start that uh that start um yeah thank you uh raiders for showing us what direction we need to go in the offseason yes appreciate that (laughs) um and then the last football related thing i wanted to say this was alex smith uh in almost what was going to be his first win in two years uh i don't know if you saw the end of that washington detroit game but washington scores or kicks the game tying field goal um, with 16 seconds left to what would have forced it to overtime. And um, they kick it off the lines with 16 seconds left. They get one little pass and then uh, Stafford throws a deep ball that goes incomplete, but chase young, the highly touted rookie comes in way late roughs Stafford. They get Mm -hmm. 15 yards and then Stafford with eight seconds left hits a check down and they kick a 59-yard field goal by Prater, winning the game for the Lions. Brutal. They steal our boy Alex Smith's first <laughs> win. Um, I'm just saying he's everyone's boy, all right? Everyone, hey, you can't hate on Alex Smith. It's it's fate that he was just robbed last week because I need him this week. Yeah, that's right. You're, <laughs> you're, you're rostering him this week. Uh-huh. I know that I said on the IG chat I was going to put 70 70- on Jameis Winston, but uh, surprise, I lied, <laughs> and put almost 30 on Alex Smith. I'm like, he almost threw for 400 yards last week. It looks like he's finally comfortable with the receivers. He has McLaurin, an arguable, like, fringe top five talent kind of receiver to throw to. McKissick is super good as his receiving back. Mm-hmm. And Antonio Gibson seems like he's the real deal and is a good receiving back as well. Like, he has a bunch of good pieces there. So, and since he's secondary is atrocious, um, I needed a good option with my MVP out this week. So I'm rooting for him. Well, you're hoping that he channels some of that vitriol this week after that heartbreaking loss. Uh, I'm really rooting for Washington. They're the team I would like to see win that uh, division. I know Marcus, Marcus would agree. And I believe Alex Smith, Alex Smith could lose every game this year. He's still going to win comeback player of the year that no one's stealing that award from him. Probably not. Probably not. No. All right, last thing we'll touch on, and I, I wanted to hear what you want because I think you wrote this in the notes, but it has been, besides for me and you, who seem to have two of these uh, key cogs at this position, but it has been a wasteland at tight end this season, right? I feel bad for everybody who doesn't have our tight ends. I'm probably hyper-focused on tight end because I got I feel like a bunch of goose eggs this year since Ertz took a shit on my uh, draft. Mm-hmm. And I had to do something and fill the void with Waller. You say you and me, really just you, because even Waller, like, is the leading targeted receiver, receiving option in uh, Las Vegas last week. He had, I don't know, 40-ish yards or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if your name's not Travis Kelsey, you're not premier, basically, at the position right now Yeah. with Kittle out. I mean, I think Kittle's obviously – it's like almost a 1A, 1B between the two and their ability to do things with or without the ball in their hands. but. I needed at least mediocrity out of the position. So I had to trade for Darren Waller. It's 
been awful. So for everyone, except for you, I feel bad for you. Andrew told me he like, he was got six points from Logan Thomas this last week. And he was so pumped. It's like, if you, oh, get, yeah. five, if you can get five points from your tight end, you're, you're hyped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, if I, and if I get five points from my tight end, I'm furious. As you should be. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a bad, bad year for the position. Um, I think honestly, the most, Interesting tight end start this week will be by Escobar, who is looks like he is starting at the moment. Taysom Hill in his tight end spot. And if you haven't noticed on the app, Taysom Hill this week was just given quarterback eligibility because of Drew Brees' injury. And Taysom Hill can be played at quarterback and tight end because no one knows exactly what the Saints are going to do uh, this week because uh, – as he as Shane's showing me the screen can confirm can confirm that tight end quarterback eligibility um Taysom Hill could be getting a lot of snaps at quarterback so that could be a sneaky sneaky start by Marcus where you're going to be basically getting almost like a second quarterback in your roster so I know if he just happens to throw for a touchdown Mm -hmm. and he could arguably get the trifecta he could rush receive and throw for a touchdown you never know with that offense and with Breeze out they get creative Mm-hmm. I did hear that if so this is a good week for Marcus to explore it because I did hear that ESPN if he is like the starter starter like if he is ruled the starter they will take his tight end eligibility away but if he keeps oh, doing after the, one week yeah so if he keeps doing the gadget stuff they'll give him tight end eligibility but if he's like the starter playing every down at quarterback they said they will take that away so well, take advantage take advantage of that tight end eligibility right now Marcus because the position is so weak it's exactly what he needs right now. It's like a pivotal point in the season. Yeah. Um, okay, so speaking of pivotal points in the season, let's talk about some league news and everything. We kind of already mentioned your matchup and your remarks on it. Did you have more that you wanted to say about your matchup to Marcus, or were you good about yours? tired of dwelling on it. You got to tear me apart, Lisa! It was painful. Um an award possibly presented later may <laughs> explain why. Yes. But yeah, it was painful. I mean, Tim Patrick, he gets ejected and Waller 37 yards. And, uh, Didn't John Brown also get banged up in yours too at one point. He left. Yeah. With an injury also mm-hmm. again, God, for Christ's sake. <laughs> but when he plays like when he starts Allen's a top five quarterback like every time mm-hmm. um so his just his existence on the field even if his floor is like 30 yards boosts the ceiling of Allen by like 33 percent almost yeah for some reason they just need each other no yeah true I mean especially Brown obviously being a receiver but I mean like Allen needs John Brown even though he has Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley both of which are going to receive probably for over a thousand yards mm-hmm. um, I don't know why it's just that's his X factor so it was a painful matchup overall and oh god the Bourne really didn't contribute I didn't have anyone on my bench to play him anyways it was a horrible week bad week bad week and uh, Marcus continues to roll coming uh storming out of last place and dress apart to now sitting in second and he actually has the most points scored in my division so I'm uh I'm a little nervous he uh hey, hey I will take um although sorry no go ahead. Side of that I'll take some solace out of it Polaris said he was frustrated with the way the earlier games went 
And uh, <laughs> I think he said he broke his TV out of anger. Did he really? <laughs> he's like, I'm in trouble. I'm like, what? And he's like, I broke my TV. Oh, God. <laughs> Due to lack of scoring early on by Fournette. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but oh. sorry, go ahead. I just had to bring that up. Shout out no, Mark, that's for, uh, for sacrificing a TV over our matchup. That's how you cancel out the voodoo. You have to <laughs> throw something important down the drain. Just imagining that gif where that one guy's in that hotel room and he screams and punches the TV <laughs> and he's like, man, that pissed me off. And he's like, Stop. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Marcus is on a four-game winning streak and currently is Whoa. the highest scoring uh, person in my division. So, um mm-hmm. He texted me, and we'll talk about my matchup in a minute, but he had texted me at one point saying uh, when he won, because he, I think he had locked up before uh, my matchup was decided, he had an 80% chance of making the playoffs after that win. His thing Ooh. shot up, and that number drastically dropped after the results of Monday Night Football. He said it then dropped again to like 30% of his oh, wow. odds. So there was a big swing on Monday Night Football that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Before we get to Monday Night, though, I want to talk about some more Sunday Night stuff. Uh, Mina continues to wreck shop again, just on a nine-game winning streak. Unstoppable. He's starting to get into that uncharted territory of uh, the best record in league history if he continues this up. The best records prior to this have been 12-2 and two teams and one 11-1-2 team. So there's oh, been wow. one one-loss team, but they had two ties. Um, if Mina wins out, he will set the record. So you have four more weeks, Mina, and then you're in historic uh, territory there. Well, when you get two uh, RB1s back in the last quarter of the season, mm-hmm. with uh, well, not back, I guess, per se, but like Swift has come on. Yep. Big time. And <clears throat> he's looking like a top five running back right now. Yeah, I know. It's scary. And now Miles Sanders is back, who was balling before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a nice pick-me-up to finish the season and going into the postseason. The only, sh- the only uh, you know, cloud I'm going to put over you right now, Mina, is that Swift apparently is dealing with a possible concussion this week, which sucks for you. That might be brutal. And I just heard over the news that the Eagles have re-signed Jordan Howard after the Dolphins cut him. Oh, wow. And he was a goal line back for them last year before he got hurt, and he took a lot of touchdowns away from Sanders. So that's two of his running backs that could be affected by both those things. So I know you don't want to hear that, Mina, but I'm, uh, I'm just letting you know that. that. But uh, Thank you, but, Chris, for giving yes. the rest of us hope. Because <laughs> <laughs> right now it looks like everybody's, uh, you know, competing for second place right now with the way Mina's been playing. So, But there's only one victory last week that mattered. There is only one. There is only one victory. We probably should have led off with this on the episode, but the biggest win, maybe of the season, but um, in this person's season, uh, you want to take this away and uh, give this news? Cam Bam came out with the W. Ooh, we're proud of you, bro. (laughs) That was a a long uh, dry spell, but you broke it. Uh, Anthony, tough week, and... I know you went with your heart and rolled with Drew Locke, and I love the heart pick, but he did you dirty in this matchup. He did him dirty, especially Cam Newton had a big game on his bench, which would have ended up winning it. But Cameron also had Marquez Valdez-Scantling on his bench, who would have put like 20-something. So they both had one guy uh, on their benches that had pretty good games. But Cameron ends up 
pulling this one out. It went all the way, I think, to Sunday Night Football where uh, James White was making Cameron sweat it out. Cameron was only up by like four something, maybe five points. And uh, James White didn't have himself a game. And no one had themselves a game in that rainstorm, basically, in New England. But Cameron, right after last week when we started giving you all the odds about how you're going to be the worst, set the records, you end the streak. Hats off to you, my friend. Smoke weed every day. I want to give one last little thing. The last time, last episode, we talked about Will Voda and his infamous 0-12 start to a season. His first win to end that 0-12 start was against Kyle Martinez in 2014. <laughs> Cameron ends his 0-9 start in 2020 to Anthony Martinez. So shout out to both of the Martinez's for being the reasons long streaks end. <laughs> I think Will and Cameron both owe you both a beer. Easily. Easily. Um, some other bad news this week. So shout out again to you, Cam. I know you wanted me to talk you up this episode. Great win. And you still have a chance to make the playoffs, my friend, because everyone else lost in your division. So you Still were- alive. Studio have- Ghibli miracle in play. You may have started 0-9, but you're still alive, my friend. Keep it up. Uh, looking forward to seeing you this weekend at the wedding. Another tough, tough beat this week was by Andrew Again, we mentioned the Nick Chubb thing that happened earlier in the game. If you didn't see that highlight, Nick Chubb broke a 59-yard run at the end of the game to ice the win. Instead of scoring, he runs out at the one-yard line so that the Browns can take knees. Cost Andrew six points. He went into Monday Night Football up by, uh, I think, 15. And Alex was able to storm back with a big game by Justin Jefferson and uh, Corderell Patterson. And he caught... Andrew and beat him and uh, Andrew luckily the Chubb touchdown didn't come back to haunt you but what sucks is Andrew finished the week as the second highest scoring team and lost second highest scoring team of the week and he happened to just face the number one scoring team so that's always brutal when that happens to you yeah that's rough our condolences mm-hmm. <laughs> although at least the Chubb thing didn't really technically factor in yeah um but one man would have been 121 ish to 125 ish it's still probably the game of the week though yeah and well it's definitely a candidate with what craziness happened on monday night andrew though is still in it though if you are in studio ghibli all of you are still alive because no one seems to want to run away with that damn division. Mike is in the lead right now at five and five. Don't we all wish we were in studio Ghibli this year? <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Facts. Um, okay. I, I mentioned Gabe and your great start by Booker, but let's go into Monday night football because what a Monday night probably. And I'm probably biased because, you know, I had a lot on the line on Monday night, but I'll say that this was probably the most exciting Monday night total because there was about three or four matchups three that were decided by this monday night a fourth that was in play that didn't really come in to fruition but three huge matchups that came uh that were resolved because of monday night football alex roars back ends up catching andrew and keeps pace with mina me and marcus though were the two ones that were really going insane on Monday Night Football. Marcus oh, yeah. Marcus was down by 15 or 16 to Brandon, and all he had was Adam Thielen. But Brandon had Darnell Mooney, 
And when you look at that, you're like, okay, like Thielen could have a good big game, but all Mooney would need to do is just, you know, have 40, 50 yards and maybe Brandon holds him off. A few moments later. And sadly, Nick Foles couldn't get his head out of his ass for any Bears receiver. And Brandon got, I think, 0.3 points from Mooney on like three yards receiving. And Thielen ends up with two touchdowns. And Marcus storms all the way back and ends up beating Brandon by less than a point. (laughs) And Brandon was furious because Brandon went from being tied with me in first place to now dropping all the way down to third place in our division. And now is two games back versus being tied for the division lead. And then of course, the, the, as I said, the extra salt in Brandon's wound was my staving off Kyle, which was, I had thrown in the towel at halftime. I was leading by a less than five points and or maybe just just over five and Mm -hmm. Allen Robinson only needed 51 yards total and Kyle would have beat me and I believe he had 48 yards like or he had 44 yards at halftime he needed let me let me reference the historical records he had 43 yards receiving 43 yards receiving at halftime so he needed seven or eight yards in the second half and so I was I was ready to go on my nightly walk. I, on Monday nights, I go listen to podcasts and I walk around at night and uh, write some of our podcast notes after football and stuff like that. And so I was ready to start my night walk at you know halftime. I was fucking pissed because I'm like, God damn it, Brandon's gonna. At this point, Brandon was still in the lead. Brandon was gonna beat me. Polaris had beaten you. I was about to choke this lead away. It was my yep. one of my worst matchups, and uh, something kept me inside. I sat there and I watched the whole second half on mute i didn't turn on the audio and i sat there and i was really just like okay when just throw it to robinson end me already i'm I'm done and they didn't throw it to like anyone the whole third quarter i think the bears had negative three yards the entire third quarter that was and, and then the fourth quarter started i was like oh my god like are they just gonna fuck me like and tease me and make me think i have a shot and then they're gonna break my heart and i could not believe that Robinson literally only had like one. He had two catches in the second half for a total of, I believe, negative like one yards. One was a screen that he got blown up on and one was like a three-yard catch. But Foles and then Bray, who came in for an injured Foles, could not connect with him. Mm-hmm. I ended up beating Kyle by point seven, I think, point six. Oh, no. That, and last year, I think Brandon beat Kyle by less than a point. Also, yes, he did. So two seasons in a row, Kyle has had to deal with either a 0.1 or as in this case, a 0.07 defeat. And what makes it worse, and this is, I'll tell the story just because Kyle's a trooper and called me on the phone after the game to tell me this, that I didn't (laughs) even know early in the week, because I was starting Tyler Higby at tight end for the Rams. Kyle added Gerald Everett who the other Rams tight end, who he was going to start. And I was like, damn, now we both have the Ram tight ends. But on Thursday, Kyle quickly added uh, Mo Ali Cox to be his tight end, dropped Gerald Everett. Mean ends up adding Everett. Mo Ali Cox only got 1.9 points on Thursday. Gerald Everett got, I believe, 2.7? Yeah, 2.7. Basically, if he rolls out Gerald Everett, Kyle beats me 
by 0.002 or something. The slimmest margin in like league history. He would have beaten oh me by God. like two hundredths of a point. Wow. Don't yeah. even know what to say to that. <laughs> it's uh, it was uh, I was screaming, running around my living room. I could not believe this. This had shades of me uh, uh, tying Tyler a couple years ago when you were watching. Uh, that Monday night football game with him. The, when oh, I, the Chiefs game? Chiefs-Texans yeah, maybe? The one where it was the fumble at the end of the game that ended up uh, costing him a victory. This was a Monday night miracle for me. And sadly for Kyle, uh, this was the nail in his season. It's coffin as we've now added this new segment on here, which I posted already about, but the in memoriam segment where Kyle becomes our first team to officially be eliminated. At sitting at two and eight no longer has a chance to make the playoffs but he has a chance to knock some teams out which i guess is the only real silver lining you have when you uh you get eliminated but i just wanted to say we love you kyle i will remember you always a long time division rival mm-hmm. it's been a pleasure one of these years it's gonna it's gonna go your way my friend it's just it's just been some bad bad luck and your team is not bad there's no way that you should be in the Sacco conversation with Cameron's team right now. And how is Cameron, who was 0-9, still alive and you aren't? That's brutal. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. been rough. You think with Derrick Henry and Claypool and, I mean, even Blankenship has actually been a, a gold mine finding him. Mm-hmm. A lot of, lot of talent. And Zach Moss just didn't pay off early, and I thought he was going to get a lot more touchdowns early. And then just having points poured on him. Kyle's leading in points against, right? Yep, he is leading in points against. You just you're gonna have a bad time. And then you add on the DAC injury too, and that was just of, yeah. co- of course. I mean, how yep. could I forget that? Mm-hmm. That's awful. Awful. So salute to you, Kyle. Our first in memoriam. Don't worry, there will be many more to join you. But uh, and in fact, you have a shot to have somebody join you this week yourself in your matchup. So uh, don't give up on the year, my friend finish out, try to get that thing. He, he called me and he was pissed. He was like, damn it. I wanted to get back to close to 500 career wise. So you still have a shot in these four games, man. And some playoffs, you can still get back in there and everything next year, my friend. Okay. That's the recap on league news. Talk a little bit of transaction related stuff. Alex, here's a hats off to you, my friend. Alex becomes the first person in our league to reach zero fab dollars. Alex has no more fab left. You beat Anthony to zero, and Anthony spent 130 plus the first week of the season. Well, what I've learned from Alex is that when you spend the most on Fab, you league, you lead your league in scoring. Yep. So maybe he's figured it out. Maybe he has, yeah. So hats off to you, Alex. The other big spender this week in terms of Fab was the man who I'm sitting across, Shane. Shane spent 37 Fab dollars this week total. Uh for a couple guys, you're probably going to roll out there this week. And um, Alex Smith, obviously, your David Moore, potentially. And who else did you – or no, you already had David Moore. You added uh, the Ravens Sneed receiver. Sneed. And Zane Gonzalez. Yeah. So potentially yeah. three of those guys you might start. Definitely two. Hopefully. Hopefully it pays off. <laughs> There's 12 minutes before kickoff. Have you decided who you're starting that receiver? Is it going to be Moore or Sneed? Moore. Ooh, going for it. 
I'm down. I want Russ to start throwing him some passes because every time Moore catches a ball, it's a touchdown. He had a game off last week, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. got to go back and forth. He had the big game for you when you were in the room with Alex playing against them. <sighs> that was awesome. <laughs> uh, so that was our uh, transaction thing. Everyone, uh, everyone's, a lot of people still have, you know, around 60 to 80 fab bucks. So we got three weeks left. I'm sure some people are saving for that final mm-hmm. two weeks to maybe grab somebody right before postseason and maybe praying an injury doesn't happen. That's kind of why I have kept a little bit of a stack left because I'm scared if somebody gets hurt and I need to blow something on a backup. Same. I have 35 bucks left. Mm-hmm. So I'm tr- I've been trying to keep it like either I don't spend very much this week or I spend more next week and try to keep my average at about 10 bucks a week when it's mm-hmm. all said and done, I'll have 35 with three weeks to go. So yeah, if I have to put a decent size bid on something or even a bunch of small bids, I can still do some restructuring. Yeah. All and right. Let's... This week anyways. Yeah, oh, so, well, at least I hope it's going to anyways. <laughs> We're rooting for a Smith, man. A Smith. Let's, uh, let's go to COVID corner injury corner right here. Touch on some of the major injuries that happened last week. Uh, some big running backs. And again, this wouldn't be a league episode if we weren't talking about players on Anthony's team that got hurt. Cause that is the theme. Anthony has David Johnson and Jamichael hasty both go on IR David Johnson. I think it's a concussion. And they said like, it was a pretty bad one. So they threw him on there. Poor Jamichael hasty, the rookie for the 49ers breaks his collarbone. His season is over. So 49ers both running backs that we traded him. Yep. So brutal. Anthony. I don't have an answer for that. Is there something else I can... Sorry, what out of this? <laughs> As Siri chimes in uh, on the running back injuries. She, um, she can't explain it either. <laughs> she, I'm sorry. We, she doesn't even know, Anthony. Literally, you, you've befuddled Siri. She doesn't even know how <laughs> everyone on your team is getting hurt, my friend. Um, another running back injury to go on IR, Justin Jackson for Polaris. He ended up on IR, which has now opened up the backfield for who would have thought. Kaylin but he, he has Bellage though, so yeah, and they fucking picked him up uh, off the streets. That even the Jets didn't want him. I thought Gase actually was going to roll him out when they signed him initially, and uh, he, it's like he never stopped playing. He looks pretty effective. I'm so annoyed by that because I had Kalen Bellage like two years ago, and I was all on the hype train when he was like a rookie and a second year player in Miami, and they just gave up on him. He had like a couple good weeks, but then he never was anything good. And now he looks like a stud on the, on the Chargers. The big injury, though, this week uh, is the Drew Brees injury, which we kind of touched on at the beginning. But Drew Brees against my 49ers, broken ribs, torn cartilage, and a collapsed lung. Oh! They didn't put him on IR, which is crazy. They think he might be able to come back in a couple weeks, but... He's on that air machine having to breathe into it several times throughout the day doing his rehab. And when you're 40 years old and you're dealing with a, a punctured rib and a collapsed lung, like every, every time they pan to him, his hands <laughs> were on his hips. He looked like he was heaving. Even Rachel said, is Drew Brees crying? Mm-hmm. She's like, it looks like he's crying over there. I'm like, well, he looks like he's in a lot of pain, but we didn't know what the extent was at that point. But when he didn't come back in, but he, I'm like, well, he's not gone, but he's not playing. I don't understand. He plays every game basically. Yeah. But now we see why. And honestly, uh, just, he should, he should hang him up. He's got nothing left to prove. Sean Payton even said he knew something was wrong because Drew asked to come out of the game and never asked to go back in. And he's like, that never happens. Yeah. Yeah. 
That'll, that's probably what's going to happen with Phillip Rivers at some point. Yeah, probably. I got shades of – because it happened with the 49ers, I just like this random 49er fact. When I was a kid in 1999, I think it was, that I got to see – 98 or 99, I got to see Steve Young get sacked by an Arizona Cardinal, and it was like the final hit of his career. He ended up retiring after that game. He never played another game, and I remember him wow. getting up hella slow like oh shit like old man young is out and that's the vibes i got when i saw young fall to the ground or not young sorry when i saw breeze fall down on that 49er sack so i i think he might be done he already looked like he was on his last leg and now you have this like breeze yeah. why why even come back unless you want to try to come back for a playoff thing but unless james what what if what if the saints end up pulling a 2013 broncos though you know, Jameis comes in kind of like Osweiler and keeps the key, yeah. keeps the car kind of hot until he's, like he's he's definitely shown that he can sling it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has the physical ability and Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas. Uh, that's a nice pair right there. Like Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders for Peyton. Exactly. Yeah, uh, he he definitely could. And uh, Peyton's won a Super Bowl, so maybe. Uh, he has that guidance. Maybe he has the right kind of guidance for Jameis to get that interception below that 30 mark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, drop it sub 20 pace and keep that 30 touchdown rate, which we know that he can do. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's something there. I was surprised no one put in any fab for him. I think they're scared off by his volatility, but the dude was a friggin' monster last year in fantasy. Although Polaris tried to set the market <laughs> for Jameis. Yeah. <laughs> No one was buying into your tricks, Marcus. <laughs> um, and then a couple other injuries, quarterback related as well. Just breeze. Teddy Bridgewater gets banged up on a sack. Uh, he might not play this week. His knees—they had an MRI on his knee. Nothing conclusive. I guess he's kind of practicing this week, but they don't know if he'll play. Sucks for Teddy. He was having a really good year. And then Stafford hurts his thumb. He does. They don't know if he's going to play this week. And then the other one he'll is play. Drew. Yeah, he'll probably play. Stafford's a warrior. And then Drew Locke ends up with banged up ribs. The Broncos don't know if he's going to play. No, he's not going to play. Probably not going to play. I, I think the last thing I read anyways, he's not going to play. Like they were back and forth, but I guess he had pretty heavy bruising on his ribs and it was tough for him earlier in the week in practice. Although we're, uh, he's been playing like trash either way. So I was going to say Ripien can't do worse. Four picks. <laughs> At least Ripien has a bloodline to the NFL yeah. that maybe he can thrive off of and just be smart. Mm -hmm. (laughs) turning the ball over four times to a division rival what a piece of shit but i hope he turns it around all that being said especially if you have a (laughs) if you have a bronco skill player on your fantasy team because you want them to be able to run the ball yeah when you're in a hole immediately uh they don't run with Lindsay. Mm -hmm. they use him to be you know to get ahead to have a momentum shift and melvin is more of the receiving back and rightfully, I mean, he is a better receiver out of the backfield and a better pass blocker. Yeah. Um, so I don't blame them for using him a lot more. We've seen what Lindsey can do. He's averaging more than a yard and a half more uh, per carry than Melvin. Like, they need to at least play decent defense, although we've had so many injuries, it's hard to expect. Yeah. Um, premier defense right now. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a mixed bag in Denver overall. Yeah. And these are just the confirmed injuries that we have listed of people that will be out. There's still a lot of people that are questionable this week. Me and Shane were talking about CEH with yeah. is questionable. I just he's just it. ill. Him, him, Ill. and Dare Williams. They're both out with illness. T. Higgins, not COVID. 
T. Higgins is also, uh, they said, didn't practice today because of an illness of the Bengals. Oh, really? Yeah, so there's a couple players that are still, like, up in the air on whether or not they're going to play. Like, the, I said DeAndre Swift earlier for Mina. They're having a concussion protocol. They don't know. So a couple of other people that might be added to this, but these are no, these are the confirmed people that we know got hurt last week. Let's uh, wrap this up, and we'll go into our awards for the week of week 10 before we preview week 11. I'll start this sucker off. And the MVP award for this week goes to Mr. Thomas Edward Brady, who we talked about at the beginning, setting the all-time fantasy scoring record and helped Alex to a victory this week. 31.84 points, 341 total yards, and four touchdowns, including one on the ground. This was, I saw a stat, this was Brady's first QB1, or not just QB1, but first uh leading fantasy week of all players since 2017 so it's been a minute since uh mr brady has been you know the the best fantasy player but this year hats off to alex for uh for grabbing him because he has been uh all that in a bag of chips this year my man alex has pumped him up since the draft yep (laughs) little did we know little did we know mvp tom brady and uh speaking of alex he also has the beast mode award for scoring 125.54, which was the week high. Mm-hmm. Way to go, man. Big week for Alex this week. Unleash the beast. Uh, the Robert Muldoon eat you alive. Clever girl goes to Gabe over Dan this week. Gabe, as we already shouted out with some savvy moves, like starting Dev- uh, to Booker. Ended up beating Dan with a point differential of 65.84 points. Uh, Gabe currently is the only person in the league that is six and four. He's currently sitting at seventh in the standing. So he is the, on the outside looking in. But Gabe has a very potent team, and Shane is going to have to deal with him this week. Perfect. And I'm the sixth seed. So I'm, that, that's amazing. <laughs> yep. Just great timing, right? <laughs> great timing. So hats off to you, Gabe. Robert Muldoon Award. Um, side note, with the way your season's gone, Cam, if the studio Ghibli miracle does not in fact happen, you need to beat Dan. Yes. You need to catch him in the standings and have a, a roommate uh, standoff. Mm-hmm. Because they, Dan, you're you're falling off a little bit. You got some injury issues, and um, although it's hot to start, it's been cold lately, and you can't let Cameron catch you. No, and they play each other one more time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Dan, speaking of which, thanks for participating this week. 40.22 points. Yikes. Ouch. That's a bad week. Not much to say. Not much to say, Dan. That is one big pile of shit. Rough, rough start. And you're still in your division race, you lucky motherfucker. You're three and, <laughs> you're three and seven, and you're only two games out of a playoff spot. So... <laughs> It'd better be hope like that sometimes. Better hope Raheem Mostert comes back <laughs> next week after the bye week, and then your team could be. I mean, you get to play all your division mates, so who knows? But bad Isn't week like half week. your offense and some of your defense coming back after the bye week. Yeah, like half our team is. Yeah. Gay Forty Niners. It's all a part of the plan with the extended playoff uh, <laughs> seating. I know. Um, game of the week. My God. I'm going to need Shane's input on this because I don't even know. I wrote, there are so many great games of the week. 
Uh, we got Cameron getting his first victory over Anthony. We have Alex's Monday Night Football comeback over Andrew. Escobar's comeback on Monday night to beat Brandon by less than a point and me hanging on by the skin of my teeth against Kyle uh, in Monday night football. I might have to put up a poll on the Facebook page to see some votes on, on everybody on who's this, who is your pick for the game of the week? All great games, but the credit's got to go to Cam. I'm for that. I'm for Cameron getting all the love this week. A league vet coming off, one of the most unlucky uh, slides that you could possibly be on. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Big win. I, I love that. And I'm going to give mine just to add more salt into Brandon's wound, the Escobar comeback <laughs> with Adam Thielen with the multiple touchdowns to watch Brandon's season potentially go in the tank because of it. I loved it. Execute order 66. Thanks a lot, Brandon. Thanks a lot, Brandon. And the last award of the day, take it away. <laughs> uh, I award the Rick Astley Award to myself from Oof. getting for getting point two out of my running back combo. Oh my god! Who did you from, start? You started Lindsey and who else? Um, Lindsey and Pope. Tremaine Pope. Oh yeah, I started Tremaine Pope because he had like a night, almost a hundred yards on like 13 catches or 13 touches or 14 touches or something. And then he got a concussion. So I'm like, okay, they'll rest him. And then he comes back and I'm like, Oh, well at the very least he might be a change of pace back or maybe they'll go down early and use him in the receiving game at all. Nope. Zero big fat fucking zero. So <laughs> hope you let me down. What should I expect investing in a charger? Like all of your fans have for their whole feudal, fandom career i put some hope in you and you failed me epically so thanks a lot for that and my own bronco let me down because we got behind early and couldn't stop turning the ball over listen 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 fuck up fuck up fuck up fuck up get out get out and what's crazy is you were still in the lead going into the end of those uh afternoon games and still had a shot to win so if you would have had any production from your running backs i know <laughs> you might have still been able to pull off a win yeah but at uh, least the fact that the matchup was close throughout the day it made watching football throughout the day enjoyable like some it sucks when it's like either 10 a.m games your opponent has nine players and they score 90 points so yeah. before noon you're like i'm fucked and you're just pissed <laughs> for the next six hours <laughs> yeah but it was close so it was, it was exciting like i was probably watching red zone on my phone unnecessarily to my yeah. wife's dismay water in-laws, but <laughs> well, you, well, welcome to the Rick Astley club. I'm I've been there once this season. Happy to have you with us there. I'll have to do a tally on who won it the most this year. As we get to the end of this episode and preview week 11, the Seahawks and Cardinals have just kicked off. So we're going to be intently watching this as we finish out this pod episode, but let's preview week 11 so we can watch some football again, week 11, the last week of league play. So it's the last time studio Ghibli is going to be squaring off with Jurassic park. And the last time pineapple express is squaring off with avatar, get those last wins. in. we're going to calculate them all for next week's episode, find out who was the best division in league play before we all square off against our division opponents. The bye weeks this week, Bills, Bears, Giants, 49ers. Just your lineups accordingly. And uh, matchup of the week, there's a lot on the line for a couple owners this week. 
Cameron survived last week and didn't get eliminated. We already went through his numbers last week. Any week could be an elimination game for him. He has sacked on the first play, by the way. Son of a bitch. Uh, That's going to happen a lot tonight. They don't fuck anybody. Sorry Um, to interject. (laughs) Cameron has to win out, and he needs a lot of help, and he needs his division opponents to all lose again. So Cameron could be eliminated by Polaris this week. Anthony's head is also on the chopping block. Anthony, if he loses to his brother, Kyle, he will join Kyle in the in memoriam. So Anthony has a lot on his plate. And Escobar also has his season on the line. I believe he needs a couple things to happen, and I'll calculate those and post those. But Escobar could be, with a loss, also joining the in memoriam crew. So big for those three. Owners. Who does Esco play? He plays Mina. Damn. Okay. So he's got a es- tough. Esco Mina? Esco Mina. Damn. So he needs to end Mina's winning streak to keep uh, keep himself alive and stuff. But that is not who I wanted to give the match of the week. The match of the week is two playoff teams are squaring off. Alex at seven and three plays Hayden. This week, who is also seven and three. Alex currently in second place in his division, and Hayden tied with you for record, but currently in first place because of points. Mm-hmm. Huge matchup. I already know who you're rooting for in that matchup, but uh, these are two. Oh, po- Alex, time to serve another L on Electric Avenue. Let's go. Yep. These are two potential playoff teams, and I know everyone's sitting around that five and five mark that really want to see uh, one of these teams lose. Hats off to you and uh, Alex and Hayden. You guys are the spotlight this week. Don't disappoint because every time I highlight a matchup, it gets disappointed. Although last week we did highlight Cameron and Anthony, and that turned out to be a good matchup. True. So show out, gentlemen. Show out. All right. That's going to wrap up our episode, guys. I'm going to try to watch as Russell Wilson looks like he's going to get sacked again. Actually, he completed a pass. I'm going to be stressed out watching this because I need a big game. I always hate having your quarterback playing on Thursday because you're... Yeah, and Alex has DK going right now to start off the matchup of the mm-hmm. week. It sucks. I hate having your quarterback on Thursday because that's your biggest weapon and it's immediately gone. You don't even have it as like a, a Sunday savior. But anyways, everyone have a great end of league play. If you guys are going to Brandon's wedding, me and Shane will see you on Saturday at the wedding to uh, celebrate yes, in the nuptials of Morales and Evelyn. Also wanted to give a big happy birthday shout out to our boy Alex, who's turning 30 this week, and we're going to see him Saturday too. So happy birthday, my friend. Love you guys, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll wrap this thing up. Great episode, Shane, as always. All right, let's kick off this week. We got Seattle driving down the field. Time to obsessively start checking our box score for the next 80 hours. Yep. All right, everybody, we will see you next week. Next week, which is Thanksgiving. All right, guys, peace out. I got beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rice, beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rice, beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rice, beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys,